this is Tony Lloyd. Being a broadcaster for many years, I've witnessed some great stories in the music industry. And now I want to bring as many music stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. My goal is that they will inspire others making their way in the music world. Music Stories with Tony Lloyd. Stephen Lindsay from Interlopers, welcome to Music Stories. Thanks very much, Tony. Thank nice you. Well, uh, absolutely. Thank you for talking to me. Uh, now, um, you've got a new single out at the moment with um, your project Interlopers uh, called Rainbow's End. We're going to talk about that in a minute and the album, of course, and so on. But I'd like to find out a little bit about you first off um, and how you got involved in the music industry. Um, well, it goes back a long way. I mean, um, when I left school, uh, I went to art school in Glasgow and um as you do, there was loads of people there involved in music and I was a music fan and, you know, like post-punk times and all that. Mm. Um, so it was kind of kind of inev- inevitable, I think, you know, that, you, that I would sort of start um, trying my hand at it. And, uh, so, yeah, I formed a band um, called The Big Dish and uh, quite quickly when I was at art school, we got signed to Virgin, kind of mid-80s. And we did two albums for them and one album for Warner Brothers with the band and we split up in uh, 1991, I think. But my initial interest in music was also, I mean, it came from being being at art school and all that as well, you know, and Mm. interested in all things. Mm. All things arty and music. (laughs) All things pretentious. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, I think it's, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's... creativity inside one yeah, that you know it comes out doesn't it and you think oh i can do that yeah and i'll try this and try that and you had to be brave yeah and i remember the first time i was a dj i was um gosh about 11 and yeah. i was petrified you know <laughs> but i really well, enjoyed it it's uh, it takes a wee bit of guts to put yourself out there doesn't it you know mm. so you need to you need to believe in what you're doing, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, so uh, you, you formed uh, The Big Dish. I have heard of The Big Dish, actually, but I mm-hmm. don't know whether I've listened to the music or not, so apologies. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, your, your album, The Interlopers, how did that come about? Um, well, I have been a, I've been a very busy painter, you know, the last 10 years or something like that, and I've you know, been quite lucky to have exhibitions all over the world and stuff like that. But a lot of things were, were cancelled due to the pandemic. Yeah. And in between the last time I put a record out was I put a solo record out with Chrysalis in 2007, I think. Um, but I've still been involved, you know, and collaborating in some music projects and stuff. But this gave me the time at the start of the pandemic, like a lot of people, you know, I had time in my hands and I had, had time to look at the, what I've been recording and writing and it. Mm. And so I started in, in anger, I suppose, um, to record this this album and it, it kind of came together quite quickly, I suppose. That's fantastic. And do you do it alone or have you got um, colleagues in the band? I, I had started most of the record on my own, but then um, we booked into the studio with the drummer and the bass player and played around with the the production and stuff so it ended up being a quite an organic sounding record you know it's a proper record that was we made a decision to try and create something that would sound great on your hi-fi you know kind of old school mm. wanted it you know not too much programming and stuff like that and and mm. uh 
So, uh, yeah, I, hope, I think we've achieved it. Of course, things uh, that vinyl's come back, hasn't it? I think more more vinyl was sold than CDs last year. That's right, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, we we had that in mind. You know, we were thinking about back to the days when you had a good hi-fi and putting the vinyl on and uh, getting that warmth coming from the, the record. So, uh, so, yeah. Well, the track um, Rainbow's End is fantastic. I love it. I've listened to it uh, earlier today. Oh, thanks. Um, nice. it, it's very um, up and positive, isn't it? It's 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 quite poppy. It's nice. As as I mean, uh, I, I didn't have to dig too deep for that one. Obviously, I mean, I've, I mean, essentially, we were a pop band anyway. You know, I mean, a lot of mm. people would say we were kind of more a cult band, but we weren't. We weren't really. Um, and I love pop music, and this this was an opportunity to just be positive. Um, you know, write something that was um, that was quite uplifting. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of came together quite quickly. And the wheel. What was the inspiration behind the song? Um, I think it's just like it's it's just, it was just about. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a, I love country music. I love Hank Williams, so he gets referenced a few times in it. And I saw it as a kind of <laughs> like a road film, you know, a road movie and a song. And I was thinking of you know David Lynch landscapes and long desert roads and chasing rainbows. Um, so yeah, loads of. I mean, I think a lot of my work tends to be quite visual you know the music as well as obviously painting so mm. um so yeah i suppose that's it was my attempt at a road film and a, and a song i was going to ask you about the painting and the music uh do they sort of go hand in hand in in mm-hmm. your creative brain they do they're really similar you know it's kind of um i find it i, I think one informs the other you know when you come to mm. the similarities in you know, composition and rhythm and even right down to the I enjoy the process of titles, you know, titles for songs, titles for paintings. So, so yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand, I think. Uh, did you do the artwork for the album? I did, yeah. <laughs> I did. So that's me. <laughs> that's, me. Yes. that's me covered in paint. Yeah, I had to suffer from art there. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. It would be a bit of a shame if you had to pay somebody else to do it when you're an artist yourself. Yeah, Yeah, it would. Fantastic. Okay, how many tracks on the album? And what what are the other tracks like? Uh, There's 10 tracks on the vinyl album. The CD's got 11 tracks. There's a bonus track on it, which Uh was a a song I co-wrote with uh, the Associates. All right. Um, And uh, 
there's, I think there's 11 songs on Spotify as well. Um, so it's quite a variation, you know, I think there's quite a variation of themes and tempos and stuff like that, but I would hope that there's a, a kind of vein running through the whole thing that sort of ties it all together. Okay, I love it, I love it. I haven't listened to the whole album, but I, yeah. I've listened to the single. I will do, I will do. Um, how long does it take to produce and to write the album? Uh, some of the songs may be about five years old, um, and then so a, a combination of some of them, and there was some of them that were quite, you know, pr- pretty recent. So, And I have a process of I've already started recording things and I can go back and dip into things that are maybe a couple of years old and then... Mm. Um, update them or, or, or see what I can do with them. So the actual physical recording process was actually quite, it wasn't that long, it was maybe three months, you know, by the time we got into the, the studio till it was actually finished, so it wasn't that long. I find this fascinating because everybody I talk to in the music industry has a different way of composing. Some write the music uh, first mm-hmm. and then the lyrics, some the other way around, some together. Yeah. Uh, some take years like you do to refine the track. Yeah. Um, occasionally you get people like Elton John and the Bee Gees who write something in four minutes. I know. And it's I a know. number one hit. <laughs> well, you can. I mean, some you know, there are some songs I've, you know, I've written in 10 minutes, few and far between, but it can, it can happen and I can understand. Sometimes things just come really quickly, you know, and it's just the, the nature of it. And I think... Uh, so everybody does that as well, but most people I know and myself, it's, it takes a bit of time. Right. Uh, what advice would you give to somebody listening to this who's who's uh, struggling to write their own stuff? Um, you know, whoever they may be, um, what general advice could you give them uh, if they're listening to music stories? I think you've got to try and be authentic, try and do your own thing, you know, believe in your 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 own journey that you're on, especially, I mean, nowadays uh, there's so many people can do music, you know, which is great in one sense, but on the other hand, it's left the, the music business kind of saturated with, with too much material, you know, so mm-hmm. I think that it's about working hard, you know, and it's about not, you know, keeping trying to improve something rather than just, it's too easy these days to, to come up with something and say, all right, that's it, that's the best, that's, that's all I need to do. Yep. I think it's about, you know, pushing yourself a wee bit further than that. Yeah. And in that way, you'll, you'll hopefully come up with your own thing, you know, your own style. Yeah. And what about yeah. the technology these days, which has obviously come on leaps and bounds, you know, uh-huh. gone with the days where you went in the studio and there was a, a tape machine with um, 32 tracks on it and a uh-huh. huge acre-sized mixing console and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all, all changed. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I can... Uh, I've recorded music with people in New York and stuff like that without leaving this this room, you know, and it's all, the internet's changed all that and digital uh, formats. So it's it's all completely different, yeah. And uh, mostly for the for the good, you know, I think there's some some of the analogue things are, are, are miss a wee bit, you know, and as you see the massive mixing desks that aren't really required anymore. No. So it's like everything else, you know, you, you just have to change with the times. And, yeah. yeah has, has that been difficult for you or, or was there a real pain? Not really, because I've always been quite, I quite enjoy technology, so I've always oh. kept up with the changes in, you know, digital music and stuff like that. So I, I quite enjoy it, I must admit. Um, and I... Uh, 
so I don't I don't find a, a chore or anything like that. You know, to, to keep up with what's going on. Mm, mm. It's quite exciting, isn't it? And you try new things, new software, new ways of doing things. So yeah, I mean the, the whole the way the music's marketed nowadays and the way that it's it's accessed online and stuff like that. I'm still trying to come to terms with that, you know, because I'm a wee bit old school. Mm. Um, and uh, that that's something that I think is still trying to work itself out. I still think that that side of the industry is still trying to find the best, you know, the best way for it to work mm. and the, the best way for people to um, to be paid money and mm. stuff like that, you know, mm. so that's, that's something that's interesting. Because you've got to have a, a hell of a lot of downloads to make a small amount of money. That's right, yeah, and Spotify, etc. Doesn't um, it's not fair, is it really? No, and I think that I think they're still look. That's something they're still looking at, you know, and trying to find out how do, how does that become more fair, you know? And I think mm. that to a certain extent, the genie's out the bottle, and it can't change that much, you know, unfortunately. But maybe mm. um, maybe something can change that can just make it a wee bit more um, worthwhile, you know, for for artists to, to make records. I suppose selling physical vinyl or CDs is slightly better because you've got a you know some, a material that you could make a small profit on. Yeah, well, it's more um, it's tangible as well, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. like things that you can actually hold and touch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that side of things, like the you know the industry, the business side of things, I, I, I'm trying just to. I've got like a management and a record company that just take care of all that, and oh. they can keep me up to date with. Um, without it's all going. And every now and yeah. again, you get a cheque in the post for £3.50. Well, <laughs> sometimes sometimes even more. No. <laughs> tell, me about, <laughs> tell me about gigs and touring. Uh, you were supporting Deacon Blue, I understand, recently. We, we did. We, we did a couple of gigs in Scotland with them. Um, one in Glasgow at the Hydro, which was a big place, you know, 12,000. Wow. Um, one in Aberdeen, so uh, we've got plans to do something maybe in September uh, in Glasgow, Scotland, and then maybe beginning of next year we'll look at coming down to, to better London and down south. Yeah, um, and we'll see what happens within the you know between now and then. Maybe I don't know, get asked to do a festival or something. I don't know. Well, I'm sure. I mean, you know, if you can entertain twelve thousand people. Um, you know, in a, a stadium or a, yeah. a concert place like that, that's that's pretty popular, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope so. Um, but yeah, you do what you can, Tony. <laughs> that's what you can do. <laughs> <clears throat> and are you carrying on painting as well? Yeah, I mean, I've I haven't been for the last few months because we've, we've been busy with the album. Yeah. Um, but I've got some uh, later on in the year. I've got some engagements. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll be doing that as well. Do you think the music insp- inspires your painting or the painting inspires the music? I think I think it works both ways. You know, so I'm, I'm quite lucky. Um, and I think, it, as I say, one informs the other. You learn from one thing and you can sometimes, I don't know, transfer it, you know, an idea that you've maybe had um, from one to the other. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, it's useful. Fantastic. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for talking to me on Music Stories. It's been, it's been fascinating. Uh, very interesting about your comments on the music industry, which um, I have heard before, but yeah. um, <laughs> as you would expect. But yeah. it's nice to get it sort of confirmed, you know, those <laughs> thoughts, by, by people, professionals like you in the business. Yeah. 
Um, good luck uh, with the future. Let's keep in touch. And maybe yeah, I'll have yeah. another chat as well. Um, is there yeah. going to be another album? I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, I've we've, I've got some new some new demos written, and uh, well, uh, yeah. So hopefully we'll see. Brilliant. And people listening to this can catch you on your uh, website, which is interlopersmusic.com. Yeah, interlopersmusic.com and interlopersmusic on Instagram and Facebook and all the, the usual. All the usual channels. Fantastic. Usual stuff. Stephen, thanks very much again. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Tony. Music Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that it'll help and inspire others in the music industry. Get in touch if you've got a story to tell. If you would like a professional podcast made or would like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com Music Stories with Tony Lloyd.